This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. The segment is sponsored by John Dillon and the Dillon Law Group. If you have legal matters that involve firearms, then you need to call attorney John Dillon. If you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you need to know that your guns are California compliant, call our trusted firearms attorney John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Call him at 760-642-7150, or you can visit his website at dillonlawgp.com. And, oh, tune in to you to the YouTube live stream at youtube.com slash gunownersradio. Hit the like button and hit the subscribe button so you can stay on top of everything to do with your Second Amendment rights. Joseph. You ready? I'm always <laughs> ready for you. I never have anything here. I was I was looking down and all of a sudden, Blank. wow, there's stuff here. Yeah. So uh, we have a prize to give away. If you signed up on our newsletter this uh, past week, we're going to give a signed copy of John uh, Petrolino's Decoding, what is that, Firearms. And the winner is... Ken Hauer. <laughs> nice. All right. Congratulations, Ken. So, Dave, you had a question a couple weeks ago. Do you remember what your question was? Ah. Yeah, right. You don't <laughs> remember? No. It had to do with CCWs. Okay. Go for refresh my memory. You, just go ahead. you asked me. Yeah. You, you wanted to know. Yeah, you asked Joe. You wanted to know uh, the... Uh, 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 what was the question? Nah. <laughs> I love it. You were asking about uh, CCW permits by race and uh, if it was oh, any yeah. different the yeah. way it was growing. Yeah, I wanted to, to know uh, if one nationality over another nationality had a higher rate of applying for CCWs and what was the return on investment, so to speak. Yeah, and my response was... I don't know. No, it was I not positive, but I think it's like this. I'll have to check. So I checked. And how would you find? It's like this. Um, there's only, it's hard. Uh, you don't have national numbers. There's uh, only a handful of states that uh, track um, the permits by race and some by gender. So what I did was I went to John Lott's um, crime prevention. Um, was it crime prevention research? Uh, what's the last letter? Uh, I forget. But Center. Dr. John Center. Lott. Yeah, he's the uh, he's the, the gun guru when it comes to yeah, stats and yeah, if you want accurate information there, that's that's probably the Bible when you go to see Lot. So I went there, and he does a report every year. So I looked at the 2020 report. And back in the engineering days, I used to be able to remember numbers, but those are gone. So uh, And I used to be able to see when I was I going to say, kids. you used to be able to see numbers, too. Remember, now you got to so, uh, <laughs> put on the telescopes. But um, So just uh, thinking, we were talking about uh, race and then by gender. So in 2020, it says women made up uh, 26.4% of the permit holders, and they grew at a rate that was 101 times or 101% more than white males. So wow. so women are very active in this. Uh, in Texas, which is one of the handful of states that track it this way, 
In Texas, it says um, black females saw a 3.9 times greater percentage increase than white males in the period from 2002 to 2019. Hmm. So uh, we had that there. Um, Oklahoma uh, had other ones here, and they had the increase um, for Asians and American Indians was more than twice that for whites hmm. in Oklahoma. And then um, there were four states that provide uh, data by race uh, over the time period from uh, – 2015, it looks like the 2020, so for that five-year period. And it says, um, for those four states, the number of black people with permits increased by 55.6% faster than that for whites. Um, Asians are the biggest group with uh, growing 62.9% faster. So there's almost um, right about 20 million permits, just under 20 million. And this was published in September. Right. So right around 20 million uh, permits across the country. Well, the good news from that, and it was the kind of the basis of my communication, was my question, was because everybody's talking about discrimination and everybody's talking. That doesn't sound like anybody's discriminating against race well, to get a CCW. Yeah, and it, uh, it's probably not intentional, but one of the things, it, not so much by race, but by um, people on the lower end of the economy, mm-hmm. people with not a whole lot of money to spend. Because when you get places like they do in California where they, they charge these fees, they put on these mandatory um, Class, training requirements. Yeah. And, and they can't afford it. Yeah, I mean, for some people, you, okay, I got to spend five hundred dollars or six hundred dollars. Okay, I can do that. that. There's a lot of people that that's a big deal because they still have to get the gun. Mm-hmm. They got to go through everything else, and a lot of times those people are in the higher crime areas and they they don't have the economic capability to get gotcha. out, and it really hurts those people. That's another reason why these these ridiculous laws are so bad. They hurt people. So it's kind of a backhanded slap in the face to keep minorities and low income people. That's the effect it has. Yeah. You know, I think that's unfortunate. I Mem- mean, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, remember that uh, article I wrote on institutional racism. Yeah. That's how they describe it. So making CCWs tough is another, w- would be what, what they describe as institutional racism. Yeah. So, you know, there it is. but I'll tell you a- anecdotally, you know, Joe and I teach how to get your CCW classes and the diversity I have seen of, you know, age and, gender and and heritage is is vast it's uh, i don't know joe is that, is that your experience too yeah you know the good mix of people yeah. that's, that's a, one of the things that surprised me when i just got into the gun thing in general was was the people because like i was saying i was expecting to see people you know cross between duck dynasty and rambo that's what i was expecting <laughs> and it's just not that way it's uh everybody looks pretty uh normal if we're normal well speaking of a good like mix us. of people we have in the studio today, Melissa Lee. Mm-hmm. How are you? Good, how are you? Good, and you're going to do a gear review for us today, right? I am. I'm really excited about this one. I have brought a fitness model with me. I was going to say, and we have some another special uh, guest. <laughs> Monique, how are you? Fitness model. <laughs> doing the air quotes? Doing? Well, let's put it this way. You're in better shape than probably most of us in the room. I was going to say she was going to get Dave to do it. but than all of us. So pull, when you went, we get to let you chat. Just pull it. We'll just, just we'll just swing it back and forth. Yeah, here. just drag it to her oh, face. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Hi, Mo. Yeah, basically. You hello, all, hello. you all know the answer. The- <laughs> <laughs> I've been practicing. I like it. <laughs> we'll give you a shot. It's not a problem. You all know Monique from uh, our activist update videos. Woo. So everybody that watches those, you and, know what? And various funny videos. Every time you say that, I can't help but remember the Beverly Hills Cop and. He's got his two daughters, Monique and Unique, and he's trying to 
<laughs> I swear, every time I hear Monique, that's what I. It just rattles in my head. You know what's? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah I yeah. won't tell you exactly what it's all about, but and I love. By the way, I love the name Monique. I think it's very pretty, but unique is right there second with second only to unique right? I, I can't help it it's just and everybody out there is listening going oh yeah he's right <laughs> so we're gonna have a really cool show we're gonna, gonna uh, do was, push-ups I'm, I'm not doing put monique will show us how to do okay. a proper oh. push-up later if we need to cool because i'm not doing that yeah, on the, spot, the only the only push-ups i do are the away know, from the table no the popsicles oh, remember the push-ups yeah <laughs> they you come out of the back of a van they're like any? a buck fifty you didn't bring any i do those push-ups okay. I'll do 100 of those. All right, good deal. <laughs> so, yeah, so this looks like it's going to be pretty exciting. Gosh, last week it was just you and I. This week we have a party. We have a whole crowd, yeah. Yep. So we did. Uh, we had another shooting social this morning. How'd it go? We, it was fantastic. Had a dozen people. Wendy ran it. She did a great job, as, um, always. as always. And uh, it was the it was a women's Republican group. Oh, really? Um, they have lunch once a month, and, and uh, they said, you know what? We want to hear about the Second Amendment, and then we want to – practice the second amendment so they set up a shooting social with us so cool. did they all sign up to join san Diego county gun owners every single one of them absolutely ten dollars a month i don't think every one of them did but yeah, they should they did yeah they but, will uh, guilt them give their give her give the names out well uh, this one did this one didn't this one did that's right yeah. but we did it at Dump the gun them. range san diego thank uh, you veronica yeah, for doing great, an awesome job great location all right we're going to take a quick break Drag that mic over to her. We're going to give Ma- oh, here we go. And her, shot. and her sister Unique an opportunity. Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hi, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Who was that? Was Yehuda that Monique again? Reamer, I can't tell. Orthodox Jew, an unorthodox passion for the Second Amendment, dispelling the notion that all Jews are anti-gun. Yehuda is known as Pew Pew Jew. Hey, we are so proud to partner with the National Concealed Carry Association as a 10-ring partner. NCCA exists to serve the Second Amendment community by providing nationwide network of 2A advocates, offers elite self-defense and concealed carry training from the nation's top instructors, and they provide rock-bottom prices on the best selection of gear and accessories. You can learn a whole lot more about them at nationalconcealedcarryassociation.com. Michael. So there is a website out there called thepewpewjew.com. Uh, the Pew Pew Jew began as a fun moniker that was given to Yehuda, Yehuda Raymer, an Orthodox Jew, by some of his non-Jewish friends in the gun industry as he was chronicling his journey into the business. Beginning with his book, Safety On, an introduction to the world of firearms for children, Yehuda was thrust headfirst into the gun world, quickly becoming a voice in Second Amendment advocacy. Yehuda, are you there? I am here. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Fantastic, man. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Now, first off, did, yeah. I, did I get your name right? Yehuda you, Raymer. You did. You, yeah, it, I know it's a hard name to pronounce. I was on the show with, uh, with uh, someone else at a show, big name, and for like 10 minutes before the show started, he was like, okay, Yehuda, 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 <laughs> trying not to butcher it, and he goes live and he goes, Boom, butchers it. 
Yeah. And it was great. Well, Dave got it right. Dave Stahl say, got it right. How did I do? Because I am the butcher. Oh, my gosh. He could <laughs> he could mess like Jack Smith. He'd mess that yeah, up. And he that's got the Yehuda name right. I was thinking about, too. <laughs> and it caught me totally off guard because I didn't read it before I seen it. But uh, we are so happy to have you uh, on our show today. Yeah, tell us about the Pew Pew Jew. So like you guys just read, right? So the Pew Pew Jew started off, uh, really, it started off two years after my first book came out. Um, I was looking for a way to educate my children on firearm safety. At the time, uh, we're talking about, God, 10 years ago. Uh, I just bought my first gun. I was married with two kids. I didn't live in my, you know, my parents' house anymore, but I was by their house one time. And my younger brother was like, hey, man, when are we going to go shoot your Glock? And my parents had, like, a full-on Chernobyl nuclear meltdown. Like, we're talking about, like, like absolute meltdown. I mean, you know, the names they were calling me, you know, irresponsible, and, you know, that was nothing. Um, they didn't talk to me for a while. And this whole time, I'm like, okay, like. They really like 1911s, huh? Is that the deal? <laughs> exactly, right? Well, what's the difference between a 1911 shooter and a Glock shooter? What? 45 years in the AARP membership. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so they didn't like it. They, they had a meltdown, and they, were, they, they just were had a – it sounded like they had just a, a guttural, guttural reaction, like just, just horribly horrified. What has our son yeah, done? Yeah, I mean, they, they were. Guns were never talked about in my home. Politics were never talked about growing up. I always thought I was a Democrat because, like, you always hear Jews are always Democrats. So that's what I always thought growing up. But at one point, you know, after my parents started having these freakout attacks against me, um, I decided I need to start educating my children, not just being a gun owner, but getting actively involved. So I went to the NRA's website. I saw the Eddie Eagle program, but I'm like, it's great, but there's something totally lacking, right? All they talk about is what to do if you find a gun somewhere it's not supposed to be. When all all gun owners know there's so much more Mm. firearm safety. So I went to Amazon. I, w- I wanted to go buy a book that I'm able to read to my children. And I was shocked that there were no books on the market geared specifically for children. Not for parents on how to talk to children, but for children. Hmm. And They're, they're probably thought, on the market. It's just <laughs> Amazon doesn't want you to buy it. Uh, you know, that's what I thought too. But I, I did so much research and I did not find anything Hmm. and that kind of led me to i've always loved creative writing so i kind of read this book i I, i'm sorry i wrote this book in about 20 minutes on my iphone um (laughs) on my notepad on my iphone and i sent it to a buddy of mine in the lapd Um, i'm from la originally i mean i live in texas now but um i sent it to him in the lapd and he tore it to shreds gave me the most amazing constructive criticism and, I mean, it took me five years to get it published, but what happened with the – to answer your question in a long-winded way, I'm now releasing my seventh and eighth book in the next few months. Wow. But wow. One, one of my books called 27 Words, which is a breakdown of the 27 words of the Second Amendment for children, hmm. when I was doing research for that, I was talking to uh, a Second Amendment journalist to get his – you know, picking his brain and stuff like that on the history and stuff. And he's like, yeah, you know, you like the pew pew Jew. And all of a sudden, like, the, the little Jewish brain in my head was like, ooh, business idea. And, you know, I, I 
called my illustrator. I said, dude, I need a logo that has a star of David, a gun, and the words, the Pew Pew Jew ASAP. And that's kind of how the Pew Pew Jew came to life. Wow. That's funny. You have I a like T-shirt? It. Oh, I have. I mean, if the you go tons. to my website, I got you got gear. T-shirts. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm very self-deprecating, so <laughs> I have a lot of stuff. Yeah, I have a lot, like... My, one of my biggest sellers, and I have non-Jews asking if it's anti-Semitic to buy it all the time, even though I sell it, <laughs> is a big, a big picture of a pig wearing, like, sunglasses and a cigar. It says, gun control is not kosher. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh a great. Oh, my goodness. I'm gonna have, yeah. And that's on your website? I'm getting that shirt. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I've got, I've got shirts, hoodies. I mean, it became, it's, it's really become a brand that, what I had in mind is think grunt style, but I wanted like a grunt style for Jews. I wanted a, I want I wanted proud American patriotic gun owning Jews That's to have cool. a place that they can call home and be proud of the T-shirts they're wearing, be proud of the hats and the hoodies, and be able to promote safe, responsible firearms ownership. You know, just being a, a proud patriot, and that part of my mission as the Pew Pew Jew. So, What's your website? Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt, Mike. Not at all. Pew Pew Jew. P-E-W-P-E-W-Jew. Okay. Yeah. But the, the, that people always forget, it's the Pew Pew Jew. Oh, sorry. So are... Oh, no, it's okay. Just, yeah, make sure. Are Jews anti-gun and that's why they're Democrats or are Jews Democrats and that's led them to be anti-gun? Ooh, good question. I think it's more... I think it's more... So it's tough, right? Because you have... In, in Judaism, you have like... You have uh, Orthodox Judaism, you have conservative Judaism, and I'm not talking about politically conservative, and then you have reformed Judaism. Now, what I'm about to say is not a blanket statement on reformed or conservative Judaism, but in many cases, you find conservative and reformed Jews to be more left-leaning. I mean, why that is, is a whole other topic we can get into if you want to, but you find them to be more left-leaning. Orthodox Jews tend to be more Republican right-leaning, and because of that, a lot of Orthodox Jews are pro-gun, but a lot of them just don't want to have anything to do with guns. Or you have Orthodox Jews who own guns and go shooting, but they're not very vocal about it. They're not very vocal about the Second Amendment. They understand the importance of the Second Amendment and what it protects, but they're just not in the limelight. I that that's where I came in. I wanted to be the voice of the Jewish people in America saying, no, you know, look what happened 80 years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. All the gun laws that we see on the books now, we've seen before and we saw what happened. If you don't get involved now, history is repeating itself and we need to do something about it. So, so, so the Holocaust was it was such an enormously impactful and 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 defining uh, atrocity for for a, for for a group of people for the, for for the Jewish people. I mean it was to to say it was a defining atrocity it doesn't nearly capture the effect. I mean it was such you can't even put into words how extreme it was and how impactful it was on such an an entire community. How 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 did how do Jews how do specifically American Jews how do they explain not being pro gun with that in their history and with that being such a huge impact? I mean, I can't speak 
for everyone. Of, of course so, not. Yeah, but when you when you have right, conversations, but, what types of conversations do you hear? You know, well, his mom and dad almost disowned him. Right. <laughs> I mean, if he but couldn't convince what's, them, what's the reasoning? What's how does uh, what's the reason you hear? I, I I think it's what it stems from a lot of people who, whether you're Jewish or not, you know, we're all in the gun industry, and you know, you talk to people who might be anti-gun, and when you talk to them about it, mm-hmm. it ends up being a real irrational fear of something mm-hmm. because because they do not have any training, they don't have they don't have hands on. They're coming from a place of, oh, guns are bad, guns are dangerous, guns kill people. Well, yes, guns do kill people, guns could be dangerous, but in the right hands with the right training, you're saving, you can save lives. And more often than not, the person dying is not necessarily a good person, it's someone who's trying to do you harm. And when I explain people, I, like, I sit down, I'm like, look, this is what Hitler did pre, you know, 1933, going up the Kristallnacht in 1938, and then going into the Holocaust. These are the laws he passed. This is what, you know, the gun grabbers in America are trying to pass. And when you show the parallels, their eyes do begin to open up a little. Hmm. However, you always revert back to the fact that it's an irrational fear of something because they're not used to it. And then you bring up the whole idea of like, hey, you know, the first time you drove in a car when you were 16, getting your license, you must have been terrified. Like, yeah, but, you know, then we practice. I'm like, OK, so what's the difference? Mm. And it's a good analogy. Sometimes you can, yeah. And sometimes you can convince people, but sometimes it's just it's, a, it's an uphill battle most of the time. Wow, that's really interesting. It's it's interesting that the connection isn't there. It seems like such an obvious connection. Uh, to, to gun owners, you know, it's something that we talk about a lot: tyranny and and uh, specifically government tyranny over uh, over people's lives, and, and what a, what a difference the Second Amendment makes. A lot of people say, "Hey, we we need, we we can get rid of the Second Amendment because in this country, the United States, that will never happen." But really, that will never happen because we've had the Second Amendment for so long. We've created a country thanks to the Second Amendment and the First Amendment and the Third Amendment and the Fourth Amendment. You know, thanks to these protecting these rights, we've created a country where, yeah, you're right, that'll never happen. Stick with us for just a minute. We're going we're gonna to go to break. Right here on FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, the Not Me SD movement is San Diego County Gun Owners' initiative to stop sexual assault and end domestic violence. The sad reality is that these crimes are happening more frequently. As part of our efforts to end the crisis, SDCGO is providing assistance for any woman who owns or would like to own a firearm, seek training, and or would like to apply for a CCW, which is a concealed carry weapons permit. For all new gun owners, we offer help, expertise, and resources. We want you to be successful and understand the decision you made to protect yourself and your loved ones. We are here for you. So go sign up at notmesd.org. All right. We're bringing back Yehuda Rimmer and uh, continue yep. on. From the pewpewjew.com, yeah. we're talking about uh, 
all of the uh, things he's done uh, in making an effort to support the Second Amendment. So what, what are some of the most effective things that you've done, um, you know, as far as uh, introducing the Second Amendment and the importance of the Second Amendment to, to your community? I mean, you know, I, I try to educate many people in my community. Um, I work with, I have an FFL, or I work with a friend of mine who put me on his FFL. Um, so I've, I've definitely, you know, with, with the rise in anti-Semitism in the country, mm. um, I've definitely armed a, a nice chunk of my community by, you know, getting them deals on firearms and, and giving them a significant deal, uh, uh, to make sure that my friends, my family, my community is protected. Um, but more than that, I, I go around, I speak, you know, like I said, I have six, sorry, five books out, all revolving around firearms education, mainly for kids, but, you know, a lot of adults need it too. Um, but it's something that I do, just going out there, talking about it, uh, taking people to the range, training them, educating them, and just trying to make a difference in their lives. So tell me about the rise of anti-Semitism in the country. What, what, uh, what, what rise since, in, is this in the last 10 years, 20 years? Um, and what do, you, years. What, what do you mean by the rise of anti-Semitism? So there's, I mean, you, you just go to Google and there, there's news stories every other day about, you know, this, uh, this place being attacked, college campuses with the, um, with the whole uh, BDS movement and swastikas being painted on, on synagogues and firebombs in synagogues across the country. And you have, you know, people in New York being accosted on the streets. Uh, there was just a couple uh, just a few weeks ago walking. I believe it was Central Park in the middle of the day. Some guy just turned around and stabbed them, a, a young Jewish couple. Uh, you have, you know, Jews being kicked off flights left and right. What do you think um, it is? What's, 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 what's behind it? Why is there a rise in anti-Semitism? You know, or, or does question. it even matter? I, I, <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, you know, that, that, it, right, exactly. I, I don't think it really matters. Um, it, it's something that I talk about also is that, like, you have so many Jews out there seeing all these attacks happening, and all they're doing is, you know, they'll, they'll make their Facebook logo a little like stop anti Semitism, mm -hmm. or they're, call, they're calling out anti Semites, and these people are out there and they're like, oh, we're sorry. But, like, let's be honest. Are they really sorry, or are they just doing it to save face, right? The only way to stop anti-Semitism is to fight it head on. And if that means you need to get a gun, learn how to use it, train with it, that's really – and this is my opinion. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people who would say I'm crazy, I'm wrong. No, you know, you need to fight it by calling it out. I'm like, yeah, but we've been calling, we've been calling out anti-Semitism for 3,000 years. Like, it's still here, right? right. It, it hasn't got, it's not going hasn't away. gone anywhere. Right, exactly. So – the only way to fight it is making sure that if someone comes and tries to accost you or tries to stab you, you put them down before they do. They put you down. Well, you know, so, so we do these educational shooting socials that are a lot of fun. Uh, it's a first-time shooting experience. I work for San Diego County Gun Owners. We're a political organization here in San Diego. And one of the things we do is we put on these first-time shooting uh, socials. And, and, again, it's not really – full-on instruction it's just a first-time experience with an experienced uh, gun owner someone that's never touched a gun before we pair them up it's safe it's fun uh, we do it for a lot of different groups uh, one of the groups that we do it for is a group called guns and moses and guns and moses is a jewish shooting group that uh bought a and they, they get together and they train and 
And, uh, you know, it's about fellowship and training and, and it's, it, it's a lot of fun, but about a year ago, the leader of guns and Moses started getting a lot of inquiries from, from new shooters, you know, brand new people from various synagogues across uh, San Diego said, Hey, we want, we want to do this. And it's a very different, uh, mindset with, with that group. And I actually explained to the mentors, Hey guys, um, you know, a little more serious with this group. You know, this isn't this isn't kind of everybody's having fun. You know, but this is purely for self defense. This is this is a, a utility group. They're doing something for a very uh, specific reason, and that reason is self defense. And it really truly um, changes. You know, the, the feeling in the air is different with with guns and Moses. It's it's really more of a they're studying, they're learning, and then they're far more likely to go purchase a firearm after a shooting social than a general group. But it's it's very much uh, it's just a different feeling. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I have people reaching out to me from across the country saying, "Hey, do I know instructors here? Do not do not do I know instructors there?" And I as as much as I can, I try to get names out of firearms instructors. I have a, fr- a friend. She's a great firearms instructor based in San Diego. And, um, you know, I try to throw her business if there's any Jews that reach me out from San Diego. I mean, I have my aunt uh, lives in Santee. So, you know, I've been – I'm an L.A. boy, so I've been to San Diego plenty of times. So I try to, you know, throw people work uh, if I know that there's a good firearms instructor anywhere. So um, I know I've been asked by Guns and Moses if uh, they if I will if I would come and talk to them. Yeah, uh, you I, should. That'd be fun. I, I I would love to. I just I honestly I haven't been back to LA in like four or five years, and at this point, I mean, I'm in Texas. <laughs> so you know, like yeah. why leave? Um, <laughs> but no, you know, if, if help if us fight, get over here. We're on. behind the enemy lines, man. What, we need they you to. I won't know. let you out. <laughs> So you know, uh, Guns and Moses started out as Bullets and Bagels, and they decided they wanted to they wanted they wanted to new, do a, a, a new group, and they were trying to decide a name. They ultimately went to Guns and Moses, but I tried very hard to get them to call the group Glocks and Locks. I thought that would have been Glocks and Locks, right? So, uh, so you you have to share with them a, another T-shirt I have on my website. It's a picture of Moses carrying the two tablets. Yeah, and on one of the tablets it says Two A. The other tablet says "God given right," and in Moses's right hand is an AR. <laughs> okay, <laughs> nice. I can't wait to go to this yeah. website. You know, my my sister is Jewish. Uh, she married a a, a a great guy who's Jewish and uh, converted and uh, didn't look back. And she's just absolutely loves it. And they're very very observant and very active in their synagogue. And they had a really interesting story. I guess there's a tradition of uh, rabbis that travel from synagogue to synagogue and. I guess originally it kind of started off as a way to you know spread news and and, and they still do it uh, today. I, do, do, am I just describing that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, pretty much like a, a, a scholar in residence type of deal. I think that's what we call it. Is you'll fly out a rabbi who yeah. is you know well known rabbi and he'll come speak to the congregation over the weekend and and you know stuff like that. But yeah. So they had a very interesting experience. They had a rabbi come in, and the rabbi really went into saying, hey, you know what? We really need to ban these guns. We really need to strengthen gun laws. It was a major part of what he was talking about, and he was saying that you know, different synagogues that he'd visited were very supportive of that idea. My brother-in-law actually you know, raised his hand and said, I don't agree with you, and started a, uh, a whole discussion there at the synagogue, and, and it turned out the entire synagogue didn't agree. 
and really had a good conversation with the rabbi and said, you know, there's a whole different perspective here, and here it is. And I guess the the rabbi that was visiting, uh, you know, thanked them and said, you know, that's not something I'd really thought of. That's not a perspective I'd really thought of before. But it was very much based on everything you said, you know, what happened in, in the 30s in, in Germany and and uh, you know anti-Semitism and you know uh, you know all of it the whole the whole thing and I, I it it just baffles me it just baffles me that there I, I don't get it I don't understand why the majority of uh, the Jewish community you know I I'm a I'm a white male Protestant straight you know like statistically nothing ever bad happens to me. You know, I walk through life, uh, you know, unscathed and perfect. Okay, fine. But I, I definitely know a lot of women and, and uh, uh, different, you know, skin colors and different last names. I know a lot of people, um, a lot of different types of people. And they tell me, hey, this is a whole different world for me. It's a dangerous world for me. And I believe them. If you're a woman, if you're a minority, uh, if you're in a, a different, you know, religious uh, group or whatever, you need to harm yourself. You need to be able to protect yourself. You know, from one side, they're telling me, hey, it's a dangerous world. On the other side, they're telling me, get rid of guns. I it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I, look, it, it's the same people who, who, you know, were calling Trump Hitler and then saying that only the army and the military should have guns, right? I mean, it's it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just it, it doesn't make sense. So talk to me about, you know, you had some interaction with Rob Pincus, right? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, T- tell me about that, because t- t- give a little backstory on. We've had Rob on the show, but give just a little backstory on Rob, and and talk a little bit about the ongoing conversation you've had with with Rob. So Rob and I go back about four years when my first book came out, and I was kind of just checking out, you know, who are some well known firearms instructors and people in the industry. And this is before I knew anybody or anything about the industry, and. Uh, I reached out to Rob and I said, hey, I wrote this children's book. I would love to get your endorsement on it. Mm -hmm. And he was absolutely uh, no problem. I love your book. And it struck up a friendship. And, you know, Rob and I have been good friends. I don't agree with him on everything. And we've had conversations. Uh, There has been times he's called me out. He's called me and said, dude, you can't post stuff like that. And I'll explain my situation and and my point of view to him. And and he might disagree with me, but... um, you know, I, I don't think he's the bad guy. I think I, I, I think he is trying to do something that is different than the way everyone else is doing it. And, and, and I think and a lot I, of people. I, I think specifically what we were talking about. He's he's really trying to bridge the gap between pro gunners and anti gunners. And I think that that he, he takes a lot of flack for that. I think that people uh, uh, people don't like that. Pro gunners don't like it. Anti gunners don't like it. Is that is that kind of an accurate description? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And, you know, like I said, um, I agree with him on everything. I actually don't agree with him on that. As much as I would like to see a bridge, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think there's going to be a bridge connecting the two. Um, and he knows that, and he knows I, and he knows that's what I believe. But that doesn't mean I'm throwing him under the bus. Rob has been a fantastic ally of mine. Um, for years, and I, I, I'm not going to abandon him just because I have a difference of opinion. Nor should you. You guys are both fantastic. Yehuda Reamer, the Pew Pew Jew. Go to thepewpewjew.com. Thank you so much for being on the show with us, man. And I just got a yeah, text. Thanks for having me. I just got a text. It's spelled P E W P E W J E W 
and you know the rest. Yeah. Dot com. And V is T H E. Oh, yeah. And V. And don't forget the V. V Pew Pew Jew. You got it. Hey, folks, this is Gun Owners Radio. So stay right there. After the break, we're going to talk about the best states for gun owners. And you might not be surprised where California is. Right here on FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Oh, right now we have some YouTube shout outs to do. Ellis Jr., T. Capo, and Dr. Exotic. Hello, Dr. Jeffrey. He actually saved my um, chameleon just a couple days ago. He broke his jaw. <laughs> oh. So Your chameleon broke my, his jaw? My chameleon broke his jaw. Mine got so a kidney infection. I didn't know that that was a thing. And well, it died. I think he what? You yeah. both have chameleons? I did. Well, I did. This is the weirdest He's show what? we've ever done. <laughs> yes. Yeah, welcome to, to the chameleon show. Aww. Cranberry juice. <laughs> All right, Mike, rock it. Cranberry juice. What are we doing? You got to read the thing. Well, it says Mike. Oh. So there's a new study out, <laughs> the best states for gun owners in 2021. Alaska was first, followed by Arizona and Wyoming. Can you guess where California is ranked? Find out after Dave tells us about SEAL 1. Well, you know some people enjoy taking the time to clean their guns, and we won't mention any names in the sink with hot water. How dare you. After going to the range, then there's people that just want to clean their guns and get on with life. And if you're in the second group, SEAL 1 is for you. SEAL 1 CLP Plus is an all-in-one solution that cleans, lubricates, and protects your gun. It's also natural, non-toxic, and environmentally friendly. Pick some up at Gunfighter Tactical over on Miramar Road or ask for it by name at your local shop. Clean your guns faster and better with SEAL 1. Use the code GOR25 for a 25% discount off your first order on their website at seal1.net. Who's our next guest today, son? Next guest is Craig Rosenstein. He's the founder of AZ Defenders, which is a very cool group out of Arizona. And they did a, a, a cool study. Um, there was a new study where they ranked uh, the best gun owner states from 1 to 50. So I thought we'd have Craig come on and talk a little bit about it. Craig, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I, I what, Now tell us about what made you guys do – it's basically an index. You guys uh, compiled a bunch of information about different states and their gun laws, and it, it, it actually ends up being a very cool guide um, for you know which states have what. Um, but what was the catalyst? What made you guys uh, do the, the study? Like many good things in life, beer was actually the catalyst. Amen. Um, Craig, you and I are going to get along just fine. <laughs> I already see that. <laughs> we, uh, this actually started with a conversation my brother-in-law brother and I were having. We, um, <clears throat> we had a couple beers. We're just sitting around shooting it, and uh, we're trying to figure it out. He's a, a southern boy, good old southern boy from the Panhandle, Alabama area, and uh, was living in Southern California, moved out to Montana, and uh, we were trying to compare Arizona and Montana and to decide who had the best and most favorable gun laws. And uh, we decided to come up with some objective metrics in order to do that. And, mm. and as a result, we put this together, and, and that's why God made interns. And ultimately, we were able to compile the entire list. 
So what what are some of the what are what are some of the metrics that you guys came up with to to judge each state on? Um, first of all, whether or not it's a constitutional carry, mm-hmm. um, or whether or not there's going to be a requirement for a concealed carry permit, mm-hmm. uh, whether or not you can open carry, if there's background checks and how substantial they are, uh, and a number of other you know there's about a half dozen dozen things that we kind of. Decided and waited, and then kind of compared the states. What? What did you weight them? Like, was one more important than the other, or was it all right across the board? Uh, no, they were weighted. Uh, the, you know, whether or not you're an open carry state fell a little bit less than whether or not you were a constitutional carry. We thought that that was an important metric to use. Interesting. Um, and also, there were some intangibles, like how often. Like, we, we tried to come up with the gun culture, and then we used gun ownership percentages per state. So. Montana actually edges Arizona out a little bit in that in that one, and so we were able to uh, give Montana the edge there. It has about a sixty four percent gun ownership rate compared to Arizona, which only had about a forty eight percent. That actually surprised me living in Arizona. So the the big everybody everybody hates California, Massachusetts, Illinois. Um, everybody loves Florida, Texas, Arizona when it comes to to guns. Before you start talking about, you know, who came in what place, who was first, who was last, what's is there something interesting that 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 uh, they, when you were doing the study, did something you know pop out at you, and and you know, did you learn something interesting about maybe a, a state that was uh, you know you was thought of as pro gun, but really wasn't all that pro gun, or maybe there was a state that was thought of as anti gun that really wasn't all that bad. Uh, the middle states. So interestingly enough, uh, I, won't, I won't give you the number if you don't want it, but Illinois didn't fall down as far as I thought it was. Well, what, what number uh, were they? Uh, Illinois was twenty nine. Twenty nine out of so they were they were the the twenty ninth out of out of out of fifty. So I yeah, we had fifty one. We threw DC on there. It was a little bit of a debate whether or not to even put DC on there, but we decided. Well, they're going to be a state it. soon. Did you hear that, Craig? They just voted. <laughs> Hopefully not. <but> yeah. <laughs> so there were twenty nine out of fifty one. I would have thought that Illinois was you know forty seven out of fifty one. That's interesting. What do, do you, what do you attribute that to? Do you think it's you know all Chicago and the rest of the state's normal? Uh, yeah, it, it had to do mostly with the um, the ability to get a concealed permit was it it was technically a shall issue state now there's some caveats on that but the ability to get it outside of chicago for the from like a statewide perspective was kind of a determining factor there interesting all right so talk about so let's uh do you have the you you have the list in front of you i do okay what are the what let's starting at number five let's go with the uh let's go work our way down to number one so number five is idaho idaho okay number four Montana. Number three, that makes sense. Yeah, Wyoming. And number two? My home state of Arizona. Nice. And okay, so who was number one? Alaska. We didn't neither one of us thought of that when we were putting this list. Alaska has <laughs> how, the highest gun ownership rate. How could you not no think rules. Alaska? Don't you watch that show on TV where bears and, <laughs> I wish and, I had time. Uh, yeah, yeah, and all these guys are trying to eat each other up there? <laughs> Heck, I think everybody has a gun in Alaska. Have you seen that show? I've, well, I've been to Alaska. Yeah, well. I swear, I think you get off the plane and they issue you a dog and, and a, a gun. gun and a huge jacket. Yeah, I can't think of the name of the movie, but it's on the History Channel. It's a series. And those people, for whatever reason, live up there. 
and they all got guns. I couldn't walk. To, it took me. It, it would seriously. It took me like forty five minutes to walk a block because I'd have to stop and pet somebody's dog for five minutes. Well, look at you. How are you? And so they're bad. Like, everybody has a dog. What? Well, yeah, everybody. It's so. called protection. Anyway, I don't know how we got off. Okay, so let's. Uh, all right. So what was number fifty one? What was the absolute worst state? California. Not a surprise at all. It was actually D.C. Washington D.C. That makes sense. Oh, so let's make a mistake. So, so what number was was California? Forty-eight. I knew it. I was going to say at least forty, at least forty-five or below. Jeez. Well, where did Florida fall? Only Florida. Massachusetts and New York beat out California. Wow. Okay. So Florida is kind of thought of as a is a is a fairly Florida is thought of as a fairly friendly gun state, and they really kind of kicked off the shall issue CCW trend. Um, but I'm, I, I don't remember where they are on the list. Don't tell me yet, but I'm of the opinion that they're really not as pro gun as people think that they are. Um, it's really more of a reputation. I mean, they have some, uh, they, they have some, some, a couple of goofy gun laws. Um, they keep proposing goofy gun laws now to their credit, they, they strike them down, but where did Florida fall on the list? Number 30. Number thirty. All right. Well, that's, that's not, not too bad. bad. Yeah, I was right next to Illinois. You don't really think of those two as back to back with one another. But okay. Based now, on the metrics that we applied, they were. That's an interesting little factoid. Florida and Illinois are side by side on the on the on the list. That's which means they're almost indistinguishable when it comes to being gun friendly. And they're different as night and day. Well, you, you would think. Well, yeah. You know. But I'm thrilled that California is at the bottom because they are. <laughs> Everywhere else, education, yeah, tra- you know, schools. Whole, I like consistency is important. Right? I know. I like being at the bottom. So proud. So I proud know. of my state. I'm going to get a new shirt. What's it going to say? We're at the bottom, and we <laughs> love it. <laughs> and we pay more for it too. Forty dollars shirt. So where do people find the uh, where do people find the study? Uh, on the website azdefenders.com. Um, it's AZ with a hyphen and then defenders.com. AZ-defenders.com. Now, what did, tell us a little bit about AZ Defenders. What do you guys do? Uh, it's actually a criminal defense firm. I just did it through the firm. Uh, but I do a lot of uh, teaching firearms classes, the shoot, and then capital don't shoot courses in Arizona. And I'm the program attorney for U.S. Law Shield in Arizona and New Mexico. So we do a lot of firearm stuff. Uh, but honestly, we were sitting around having a couple of beers trying to figure out what would be uh, – <laughs> what the best states were. It was kind of a competition whether Arizona's better or Montana's better. Fortunately, uh, based on the agreed-upon metrics, Arizona edged out Montana. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that. So is there any beer left in Arizona? <laughs> I got, we got a couple for you out here if you want okay. to come join us. I'm coming. <laughs> are, you getting, is this something, are you guys going to maintain this every year and it's going to become kind of a moving a moving target, you know. Uh, yeah, we were gonna, we were talking about it. We had a, we had a really good time putting it together, especially when someone else was doing all the legwork. So we uh, we were talking about kind of updating the metrics and and adding new things as new issues came up. And yeah, we're going to definitely keep it going. So did CNN, MSNBC, Fox? Did they all reach out to you to uh, get a copy <laughs> yeah. of that? MSNBC was shockingly quiet. They didn't ask us for this list. They, right. they weren't interested. God. Did you get any press? I'm kind of surprised by that. I would think you'd get a little bit of press. Did you guys try to get any press? Uh, I kind of leave that to other people in the in the institution. Uh, I was actually just told to give you guys a call. And I, I, I was going ah, to gonna say, I mean, other than the gun owners radio juggernaut, did you guys get any, you know, minor press, you know, below yeah, us? Yeah, we, we got, we got, I was, I've been given some quotes, so I've been asked for <laughs> Quotes here and there, and some statements here and there. I bet you he's a lawyer. What do you want to bet? You're a lawyer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I, can tell by the answers. I like that. Yeah, there you go. I'll hire you if I ever need you. 
Well, Craig, I really enjoyed <laughs> it. Um, I'm a few, few guys. One of the guys who ends up my card. Yeah. <laughs> Go to az-defenders.com. Check out the uh, uh, t- check out the study, Craig. You guys did a really cool job. I, I it really is uh, kind of entertaining, but it's also very useful. Very much appreciate all the work you do. Appreciate you putting that together, man. Thanks for being on the on the show with us. Hey, it's the most entertaining Thank lawyer you, I've appreciate. ever spoken to. Yeah. Just so you'll know. <laughs> Hey, folks. I'm going to my chameleon now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Stick around. The next hour, we'll be talking about Joe's Winchester 1300, Melissa Lee's gear review, and another stunt my nephew, and the wonderful mic drop on FM Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961. AM 1170, The Answer. So I don't know if this is my segment, but when it comes to shotguns, Mossberg and Remington lead the market. But have you had a chance to shoot a Winchester 1300? Manufacturing of the 1300 stopped in 2006. Probably why you can't shoot one. So find out why it is still has a strong fan base 15 years later. Self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone, and there's no guarantee that the justice system will be on your side. Gun owners have had coverages for legal battles after your self-defense battle. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shields is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year. With comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. Guess what, gun owners, radio listeners? You can get a free T-shirt when you join. Use promo code GUNOWNERSRADIO at uslawshield.com. Hey, and if you're watching us on YouTube, do me a favor, hit that like button, and make sure you hit the subscribe button and tell as many friends as you can. All right, Joe, you must own a Winchester 1300. Well, I do, actually. I'm going to move this thing over here. If uh, you think of something, just jump on in here. It's it's like rock and roll. You've seen Mick and Keith. There you go. Same same concept. There you go. Uh, yeah, so uh, talking about a Winchester 1300, which... You didn't bring it in, did you? No. Because I don't we, want to get taken off of If we uh, lived in a country where people weren't afraid of seeing guns on a picture, yeah, you yeah. could have brought it in. But um, No, I didn't want to get you shut down, so I didn't. Thank so you. we'll just talk about it. But actually, I think Shauncee's found some pictures, so somebody will see some pictures. Don't just won't be that, at me don't holding Don't show it. that picture. But, um, yeah, so the uh, Winchester 1300, they... Um, they don't make them exact. Well, they don't call them a Winchester 1300 anymore. Now it's a, it's an SXT Defender, I think, or something like that. I'll look it up. Yeah, it's something like that. But, D- DPX or SPX or. But they're around. I mean, I won one last year, and it was a brand new one. So, mm, so, so they, they're a matching set. Well, you know what what happened? I went to the uh, the charity match uh, last year, the one that, that Lance Reader and the guys do for uh, the leukemia uh, research, and um, in the raffle they had there, I won a. Uh, 
a Winchester 1300 from A.O. Seward, actually. Uh, David Chong contributed that. And I won the uh, gun, and I came home, and I was real happy. I put it in the safe and pretty much didn't pick it up for a year. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, I need to start working with this thing. So this year at the charity match, I decided, uh, all right, I'm going to do the four-day tactical shotgun course. And I thought if I shoot the thing for four days, I will build a foundation and I will be up and running with my tactical shotgun. Because I didn't have any experience with that. The only the shotgun I have is my, uh, I've got an old, I shouldn't say, well, it is an old uh, Ithaca Model 37 that I got when I was a kid that I used to hunt rabbits with. And uh, I had that when I went in the Navy, I packed it away and then unpacked it, what, about five years ago when we yeah. started doing the, uh, the sporting clays. Yep. Uh, so I shoot that about once a month. But no tactical shotgun experience, so I thought I'd go out and do this. And uh, it was great. Uh, you know, four days of shooting that thing. We shot a bunch of rounds. I think we shot, was it 275 rounds of bird shot and 165 of buck shot and 65 of uh, slugs. Mm. So it was a full week of shooting. And it was great. I learned the gun, and the, the, uh, the shotgun is just wonderful, the uh, Winchester. And something that's interesting about it, uh, it was fairly accurate because there were people out there with red dot sights and things like that on their shotguns. And the Winchester shot fine. It's got a, uh, it's got a kind of an elongated fiber optic on the front, but they're very accurate. It worked nicely. But the thing that jumps out on that that's a little bit different is the way they designed the slide. And it's a, uh, they, I think people call it a quick pump or something like that, yeah. but it actually releases. Uh, pretty much as soon as you pull the trigger, it, it actually feels like it's coming back at you as the shot's breaking, and it's very fast, and it's it's interesting. It's very noticeable. It's much different from my Ithaca, and uh, so that was the most noticeable thing on there, but uh, just a great gun. It worked really well. A couple of things I uh, did notice on there, too. I learned a lot about accessories out there a week uh, after four days of shooting. Um, I learned about gloves, for instance. There will be gloves <laughs> next time. Uh when you load that many rounds into a shotgun, it tears your thumb up after a while. Mm -hmm. So uh, I learned about that. I learned about the difference between a crappy dump bag, which I had, that works fine uh, with uh, sporting clays when you're just standing and reaching into it. When you're flopping down on the ground, it tends to dump your rounds out all over the ground. Mm -hmm. So learn that lesson. So uh, replace that when I was out there. Uh, same thing with a crappy uh, shell caddy. Learned about that, too. Wow. The, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's the only was, one I it had. Given, it was given to me. So. I know. <laughs> Why do you think he gave it to you? Yeah. Well, it works fine. Uh, when you, It'll hold six rounds, and it works fine for the first three, maybe four, but the last two tend to be easily knocked out the bottom of it. Mm. Again, dumping to the ground where the rest of my uh, shells ended up. So I uh, found a good one from Safari Land, though, so so fix that up. It was um, So it was a great experience, great gun. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. I'm looking forward now to doing some tactical shotgun matches with it this year. But the, uh, the only thing I noticed on there that was uh, a little bit, and I don't say it was bad, but it was hard for me to get used to, is the slide release on the Winchester is like on the, it's on the left-hand side and it's on the rear of the, of the trigger guard. So the rear of the trigger guard on the left. So you, you've got to reach all the way underneath with a finger to push it. And it's a button yeah. that's got some pretty good resistance on it. So um, because all my Ithaca, I'm used to it. It's on the left-hand side at the front of the trigger guard, so it's real easy to hit with your trigger finger. So that took some getting used to, and I'm still not used to it yet. It's going to take longer than uh, four days. 
But aside from that, what a great gun, though. It was uh, really nice. So the new one, I just looked it up, is the SXP, Winchester SXP, like Sierra X-Ray Papa. Defender, right? Is that what they call that? Well, it looks like they have a couple different. Okay. Yeah, they have a couple different versions. So I believe this started off life back in World War One as the Winchester Model 12. And then they made a sporter sporter version of it, the 1200, right. which yours truly owns and uses and operates and misses regularly with. And I believe the 1300 came around around 1981. 60. Oh, I thought it was, okay. I can't remember. But yeah, 1300, and then that turned into the SXP. That's yeah. that's the- And you can still get that in California? Yeah. Yeah. You can get yeah. the SXP, yeah. Okay. Well, not, not if they're listening to the show. We won't be able to do it again. I was so confused. My 1200 has a 30-inch barrel with a full choke, and it's not variable. So I spent years trying to find a barrel for a Winchester 1200. doesn't exist, but you can find a barrel for a 1300 and it fits. That took me a good, no, I don't know, seven years to figure out. But <laughs> finally got it figured out. Yeah, the gun, uh, did you enjoy your gun though? Cause, uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. It makes me, it, so the thing you're talking about with the with the slide, it makes me look like a superstar. People think that I, you know, I, I, I'm that like, fast? Yeah, that I, yeah. I'm As long as you don't have to release the slide manually, right? Is your button, your slide release in the same spot? On the right, left-hand side of the trigger guard? I'd have to the think rear. about it. I'd have to think <laughs> so about it. You don't do a lot of that. See, he's yeah. so automatic. Yeah, you do a lot of that in the class because they have you doing different drills and things, and that's and it was just slowing me down because I'm, I'm trying to rotate this gun. I'm trying to get my hand underneath of this thing, and it was just uh, it just wasn't working well. But, uh, but I think that's mostly me. I think if I work with it enough, I'll get quick on that. But I noticed, too, the, uh, the recoil was very manageable on that after shooting all week. I mean, I was fine with it. It's uh, you know, as long as you get that the heel of the the stock right in that shoulder notch where it's supposed to be, recoil was great. It's you know, you feel it a little bit more with the buckshot and with the slugs, but my shoulder felt fine at the end of four days shooting that. So, uh, so that was a good bonus. Well, Winchester too. twelve is is legendary, and 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 the and the thirteen hundred and the SXP are a direct descendant. It's not like. They're totally different firearms. I mean, they they really truly are a direct descendant of the twelve. And the twelve was was led. I mean, they got it right real early. Yeah, and if you look at those, I mean, there's I, I can't tell the difference looking at it between like my gun and I was looking at the SXP. Is that what yep. you're Yep. And uh, it looks exactly the same. And I was looking on some of the forums, and they were saying a lot of the parts are interchangeable. So I, I don't think there's too much of a difference there yeah. design wise. Yeah, they're very very similar. All right, cool. Hey, folks, don't touch that dial. Melissa Lee's coming up next. And we're right here on FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Ladies, have you figured out how to carry your gun while running? It's still important. To be your own first responder when you're working out. And before Melissa starts telling you about Alexo Athletica Concealed Carry shorts, let me tell you about PRMI Mortgage. PrimeRes.com slash Alpine. Are you in the military looking for help for a VA loan? If you're looking to buy or refi, or if you're considering reverse mortgage, call our local mortgage guy, that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Call Chris Wiley, 619-722-1303 or primeres.com slash alpine. All right, Melissa, it's all yours. Melissa, you look so cute. 
Thank you. Okay, you got to bend down and yell at the mic if you're going to talk, girl. Melissa looks very cute on the radio. I know you can't actually see her, but she looks cute with her hat. Thank you so much. Oh, they could see her because they're looking at if they're all watching right, YouTube. Right, right. You like my hat? It's cute. Hit yeah. subscribe. Hit subscribe. Well, this hat comes from uh, Rockstar Outdoors. Use code MEL10 for Ooh, 10% cute. off. Yeah. I love this hat. Um, so, anyways, um, welcome. Um, I have a fitness model i call her my quotes. fitness model yes <laughs> air quotes air quotes fitness model and she is wearing the brand new alexo athletica running shorts and these shorts are amazing um they have a built-in holster um four places you can put um a gun and can still carry and run with with it and it won't fall They're out very comfortable now have I you tried running with it I'm air running. This is okay. good. This yes. is good. So with me today, I have the CEO and founder of Alexa Athletica, which is a woman-owned company. Her name is Amy Robbins. Welcome, Amy. Hey, Melissa. It's such an honor to be with you guys tonight. <laughs> I'm so excited I, to have you. Well, I wish I could see her doing some air running right now um, because I would have loved to have seen the short. So I'll have to check it out. Yeah, you'll check it out <laughs> on YouTube, dive. our YouTube live. Um, so she loves these shorts. I love these shorts. These are great Yay! shorts. Very that, makes me so, that makes me so happy. I'm so glad that you have found them useful. And, um, you know, they're they're great because, like you said, like there's four different carry pockets, uh, really, that make them universal to carry any form of self-defense tool. Um, which we love. We know women are carrying mace and taser pulse and, and fire carry license are on the rise. So we're just glad to have a universal product that fits women's needs. And can you tell me how you came about Alexo Athletica? Um, I'm really interested because you are a game changer in this industry. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're a game changer in this industry with concealed carry because it's so important for women to have clothing that actually fits them that can, you know, hide their, you know, concealed carry weapon, you know, easily. Yep. Well, and that's the thing. So I was I was in the firearm industry, but on the advertising side. So I worked um, with uh, several accounts. I was hosting a television show. Um, for the NRA TV, actually. And so I was in the industry, but I didn't have my concealed carry license. And I didn't have that uh, when I was training for a marathon back in 2014. I actually didn't carry any self-defense tools with me when I was training for my marathon, believe it or not. And um, it's because I felt safe at the same route that I was always running. But one day I actually got followed and harassed by a van full of men. And it was at that moment that I had my aha moment that I did not like feeling defenseless and helpless in that situation. So being around firearms all the time, I felt super comfortable with them. I went and got my license to carry. And then like so many women <laughs> several years ago, as they were getting their license to carry, they realized there's a lot missing in the firearm industry, especially where apparel was concerned. So there were no athletic companies, um, outside of the gun industry that would have ever built in a holster in their pants. <laughs> and then there was nothing within the gun industry that was designed by women for women that fit, you know, my style and my aesthetic and all that. So I just decided to do something about it because there was nothing at that point that allowed us to, to carry while wearing exercise clothes. So I'm going to show off your shorts here for a second. Um, Monique here. 
Um, I like the legs. They're wider at the bottom, so there's a lot of um, room for you to run. It's not going to be all, you know, bunched up on you. It doesn't look like it's going to ride up. There is an inner liner in there for you ladies. Also, if you turn around, I can't show the front because <laughs> she's loaded. So there are four places you can conceal in these shorts, two front, two back. Um, which makes it convenient for anybody who, you know, has a preference for rear carry or front, you know, appendix carry. Um, also, another thing that I want to show you is, can you come here closer? Um, there is a trigger guard pocket. Um, yeah, move your hair. There's a trigger guard pocket here for um, a credit card or something for a guard for the trigger. So there's a pocket for the gun, and then right in front of it is a pocket for the trigger guard, you know, I don't know, you can put a credit card. I put a credit card there. So I yeah, really like yeah. that option. Well, I loved it because, like we said, we wanted to create universal pockets because um, we know not everybody carries a gun with our with our uh, leggings or our shorts and all that. So it doesn't have something built in, but I'm glad you pointed that out because it's absolutely critical that safety first. You always want to make sure that your trigger is adequately um, protected. And so there's some really great options out there. I'm, I'm sure you've got some recommendations, but some, a lot of companies make, um, like custom actual just trigger guards, like Kydex trigger guards, if you want something that wraps around it fully and they even connect them to great ulti clips, which is a perfect thing to flip into that back carry pocket as well. If, if you want more of it, I go running and I use, um, like a removable thing that's hard and, and, doesn't let me access that trigger when I go running. But if I've got my son crawling all over me, I might like something a little bit more with, with like an oldie clip or something. Yeah. And, and this, the, one of the things that I've, I loved about this is that I actually, I, I tried to do a burpee with these on and my gun. I don't do them very well. I really hate them, but it didn't fall out. So I didn't know if like she wanted to do one, but to prove that it's, <laughs> Do a jumping well, jack you know, or something hey, because I was, it's I've not going to fall too. out. I've actually done one with four different guns in like every single one of the pockets, but it is really critical to point out um, that the, the carry pockets themselves are designed to hold like some of the most popular subcompact models that are 23 ounces loaded weight or less. So don't go trying it with anything over that. Um, the, the pockets, the reinforced pockets that are in there, um, are really designed to hold 23 ounces of, of loaded weight or less. So just a, just a heads up on that. <laughs> so it's interesting. It looks like it handles a Glock 19 pretty well, which is a, what a compact <laughs> size. So you've got well, you've got that whole range of compacts and subcompacts, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the 19's a little heavy, um, just because, it, like, weight-wise weight, weight wise it is. And I don't know a lot of women that go running with Glock 19s. I mean, more power to them if they want to. But, you know, like, <laughs> six, six, two, three, five. We know one. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm sure you do. <laughs> so Monique here is, is pretty tiny. I mean, you know, next to me, everybody's pretty tiny. But she's pretty tiny. And, you know, we can't show it. But you have – this is a very loose shirt. I'm sorry, a very thin shirt. It's not that loose. And you have a 19 on right now, and there's absolutely, you cannot tell at all. A, a, a 19, a, a compact 19, pull, you cannot tell at all. Pull that down a little no. bit. Where it's, where, see, there you go. Now yeah. look. Cannot tell at all. You can't see it at all. Yep. Yep. And just for reference, if everybody's watching at home, Monique is wearing a size small. 
So, um, oh, yeah, good to let them know that. Well, and that the whole idea behind this was like, think about women. I mean, when concealed carry was on the rise with women, when we had to think about big bulky holsters and belts and all these accessories, it can be really intimidating for newbies getting into this. And so I just wanted to create something that would be very low profile, make it very sleek and easily concealable and make it as just convenient as possible. And that's why we build it all in. You don't have to worry about going and finding which custom holster fits with which model you have. You don't have to strap a belt on. It's just super comfortable to wear since we're wearing athletic clothes 80% of the day anyways, whether we're working out or not. So, so let me ask you a question. So if a young lady goes to the website, how easy is it to find out what pair of shorts will fit them the best? Well, we do have a, we have a size chart on there and I will give a heads up. So our, a lot of people ask us if our sizing runs true to size. Mm -hmm. And I would say go based off of the size chart is going to be your best bet because the, the reinforced waistband can feel like it runs a little bit smaller than what you're traditionally used to wearing because there's so much compression and there's a thick elastic band around the top that gives it that extra retention, obviously, when you're holding a, a tool. And so I would say check the size chart, and if you're in between sizes, size up. Um, and then once you get your Alexos, get them all the way on <laughs> before you decide that they're too small because some people call it the Alexo dance. They have to, like, jump and dance to get into their pants the first time they wear them. And that's totally normal. You just got to get used to the compression that um, is, is in these pants. What do you wear? Do you wear them small normally? Yeah, and just for reference, I'm 5'4 and about 125 pounds. So I'm wearing a small. These are perfectly comfortable. I like it's It's not too tight at all. And, I'm again, I'm, I have a Glock 19, so they're not the – most thin gun out there but i absolutely love it it's very comfortable for anyone listening or watching the show and even just to add to your testimony i have a good friend um she goes running quite frequently she's off to law enforcement she used to have kind of like the the midsection yeah waistband very uncomfortable so she would she stopped running with her ccw and recently she had two guys jump out of her car and run after her so oh. she started uh, running with her gun again, but she hates it because it's very uncomfortable. So I'm excited to tell her about these shorts. These Did you great. have to dance oh to get God. in yours? No, no dancing needed. <laughs> I have to dance no to get into my dance. my pants because I have your your camo pants. But the good thing about that is you know that it's snug and it's mm -hmm. going to stick to your waist. It's not going yep. anywhere. So uh, I'd rather have yeah, that. I dance to get Absolutely. into my pants, don't you, Michael? <laughs> I was going to say, Joe. Yeah, I'll show you that dance later. later. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I need something that'll grab me because it's you know it's a bit of a jig, a little uh, bit of salsa, but you know, all, all sorts of job. mental pictures just flying all over the place here. So hey, I, well, we have our men's line coming um, in the next couple of months. So if you guys are down for maybe for men? Doing, like the men's the men's Alexo dance, I'd love to see like a TikTok video of that. Oh, or something. oh we can send I'm some sure art way, and I can would. get. The men of the show to actually do that for you. Joe is yep. our Joe's our dancer uh, on this show, so <laughs> we'll hook him up and we'll get him a size Joe five. <laughs> I love it. That's so right. great. So what's so what's the website? Our website is www.alexoathletica.com, and if you just Google Alex with an O, will be the first thing that pops up for you. What kind of guarantee? 
Um, so we do have, I mean, we we don't have like a specific warranty, but we do guarantee our, our products. If you get something that's defective or doesn't fit correctly, we'd be happy to return that or switch it out for a, an item that doesn't have any issues with it at all. See, that's we, have, we have a discount code too. Um, so if you want to save some money on some shorts of your own, use discount code GOR10 for 10% off your order. Thank you so much, Amy, for coming on and joining me. And I will have you on for a longer interview because you have lots to talk about. Thanks, Amy. Thank it you, was, Amy. Thanks, guys. It was Bye. great having you on. All right, folks. Did you know we're doing in-depth video interviews on YouTube? Watch our Magnum interview by going to gunownersradio.com slash Magnum. And check out our latest interview with Joe Petrolino right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Yeah. All right, folks, Black Hound Optics, HR 125. It creates more waiting periods, gun purchases, band standard, capacity magazine, certain types of ammunition, silencers. The question still has not been answered. How will this stop the criminals? Black Hound Optics, accurate and affordable guarantee. Sporting optics that go the distance, backed by customer service, and goes the extra mile. Great guys, great product, and a great company. That is making optics affordable. On top of quality optics, they pay close attention to the customer experience. Did you know their scopes come with mounts? So you don't have to worry about finding out one that fits. We are so excited to have them on as official partner of the show. Ask for them at your local gun store or find them online at blackhoundoptics.com. I see why you're confused, Dave. That top part looks like someone else is supposed to read it, doesn't it? Well, it's just there. And we got we got to talk to the. the and who's the producer? And who the heck's producing this? Thing? I don't know. Rich, rich. Gosh. So that should have been down below, huh? <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> All right, we have a really cool call-in guest. I'm very. I'm actually really, really excited about this. This is very, very cool. Uh, my favorite part of the whole Second Amendment experience is, of course, the politics. And uh, my little niche is uh, local politics, all the local boards and councils that have such a huge impact on your life. And up in Yucaipa, uh, which is San Bernardino, they, we had a, a city council member lead the charge um, to make a statement about uh, some of the ridiculousness that's going on federally. So I asked him to come on and talk about it. John, are you there? I am. Hey, John. John Thorpe from the Yucaipa City Council. Um, up in San Bernardino, whereabouts is Yucaipa? For for uh, the, the you, you, people are listening from all over, over Southern California. Whereabouts is Yucaipa? In the about? world. So Yucaipa is going to be in San Bernardino County, as you stated. We're off of the 10 Freeway, and we are just east of Redlands. So you'll come to San Bernardino, uh, Loma Linda, Redlands, then Yucaipa as you're heading out towards Palm Springs. And how many people? What's the population of Yucaipa? Uh, I believe we're around fifty-three to 57,000. Nice. And you're new on the council, right? That is correct. Got elected in November. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. San Bernardino County Gun Owners was proud to uh, endorse you and, and play a small part in all the hard work that it took to get you elected, and congratulations. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So did you – now – Tell her, you know, the Second Amendment is pretty important to you. Could you talk a little bit about, you know, we endorsed, or San Bernardino County Gun Owners endorsed you. 
uh, very proudly. It was a uh, an endorsement that you expressed a lot of gratitude for. Tell everybody a little bit about your your views on the Second Amendment and why it's important to you. Well, you know, I I uh, am new to running for city council, and uh, and but I have a strong stand and a strong view on our constitutional rights to uh, be able to protect ourselves. And the Second Amendment is something that I think is currently under siege across our across our country, whether it be at state levels or it be at the country at national level as well. Um, yep, I, think I think it's very right. important that we should be able to protect ourselves and our family. Um, as we know, I mean, law enforcement is an important role, but law enforcement can't be everywhere. So we need to have the ability to protect ourselves. And we are in a in a world right now where things are. Uh, ever-changing and you know we you can see through the news and different articles and and whatnot that there are violent acts that take place in many different locations so i think it's something that we need to fight to keep our second amendment because if we don't fight for it and stand up for what has been given to us at the forming of our of our country that it will very quickly i think will be taken advantage or taken away from us and we'll look back and we'll wonder what happened and what's your professional background what were you doing before you got elected uh i'm in law enforcement i still am in law enforcement i'm, I'm a deputy with the san Bernardino county sheriff's department have been for uh, 20 years now nice so you're somebody who knows about self-defense uh not just your own self-defense but why people need self-defense i guess is something uh is that, that i'm sure that's something you've come across in a 20-year career in law enforcement Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I think it's something that uh, you know people need to have that uh, that uh, freedom and that ability to utilize and take advantage of. And you know, not everybody is going to use the same uh, method of defending themselves. But uh, the Constitution, the Second Amendment, gives us that uh, that ability right now to do that. And as I stated on our on a Zoom call we had with the Gun Owners Association, uh, you know, I these different laws and things that are trying to be passed and these bills that are being presented, if people are uh, unhappy with, with the way they are going and thinking that their rights are being infringed on, I encourage them to strongly write to their local representatives, whether it be at the state level or at the national level, depending on where those bills are being presented. And that's why I wanted you to come on the show. You're right out of the gates. You just get elected to uh, the city council um, and you did so, like I said, with, with, with gratitude for the support of San Bernardino County Gun Owners, which we're super proud to, to have you there. And what did you guys do recently? You guys passed a uh, – tell everybody w- what you did in relation to H.R. 125. So about a month ago, back in March, you know, we were – we noticed at the beginning of the year that the H.R. Uh, 127 had – Oh, excuse uh, me, 127. Out. My and, apologies. And uh, No, that's okay. And um, – and you know, obviously, there are a lot of aspects in that, that that we felt that are infringing on your Second Amendment rights and definitely an attack on your freedoms. And so our city council, we actually all voted to send a, a letter to our state, our Congress representative, which is Congressman Albernalty, a signed letter from all five of us stating that we were in opposition of that bill that was being considered and running through committee at the time. And uh, right now, I don't believe anyone has signed off on that. Uh, I don't know. I have not checked it since we last talked. Um, but 
you know, it, it looked like it, he kind of stopped at some point. I don't think anyone's picked it up yet, but still, it doesn't take long for someone to grab a hold of something, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, something gets pushed through. And a lot of times, your different levels of representatives, state or federally, um, they can make decisions based on what kind of uh, input and feedback they've gotten from people. And sometimes people don't really reach out to them. And they're there to represent us, so take advantage of them being there. And like I said before, it, it may not be, may not seem like a lot. Oh, I'm just going to write a letter, but at least you have taken the, the opportunity to voice your opinion and put it out there and put it in front of them, and they can't say that they didn't know. Hey, John, let me let me just uh, ask a question. Can you kind of explain HR 127 for folks that may not know what that uh, what that is? That bill is well. I don't have all the the different facets in front of me, but there are a lot of different things that regulating uh, what you do with your weapon, how you register your weapon, uh, where you you have to disclose where you're going to store your weapon or weapons, and then that would go to a database that could be accessed online. People could look that up and see where you live, where you store your weapons, and so that then be, becomes public knowledge, which I think most of us don't necessarily want everybody to know where we store our different weapons. Isn't that an infringement on privacy? Isn't that an infringement? Right. Isn't that an infringement on privacy? Yeah, I would. I would think it would be. It's like, where do I keep uh, my money at my house? You know, where do I stash my five dollars? Wow. That that was one of the big things, and then the other is. You know, even went as far as to talking about uh, different background checks and psychological evaluations of not just the individual purchasing the weapon, but uh, it could also reach out to the other family members as well. And there's a lot more in that bill than just these areas that I touched on. But creates creates licensing requirements for the possession of a firearm and ammunition. DOJ shall issue such a license if the if the individual is 21 years old, undergoes a criminal background check and psychological evaluation, completes a certified trading course, and has an insurance policy. It also outlines the circumstances under which DOJ must deny a license. Uh, for example, uh, the individual was ho- hospitalized or was diagnosed with uh, mental illness. Um, it also establishes additional requirements for uh, an antique firearm display license and a military-style weapon license. So this is uh, wow. psychological tests. This is background, universal uh, background checks. This is, in essence, an assault weapons ban, a so-called assault weapons ban. The HR 127 is a laundry list of anti-gun uh, malarkey well, all wrapped politi- up into how one. How do the politicians get guns in? <laughs> well... They wouldn't pass well, half of that stuff. They're exempt from their laws. I mean, that's how oh, that works. that's right. I forgot. Yeah, we wrote about this, what, a couple of months ago, I yeah. think. We had an article about that. But the important – and, John, you're absolutely right. Writing letters, making phone calls, yeah. all extremely important. But you guys doing it in an official manner so that a city, a city's government, you know, actually says, hey, you know what, we are against this. This is something that the other side does against us all the time. And uh, it's, because they're it's, organized, and it's really nice to see you know a city government saying, "Hey, you know what? We're going to step up. We're going to make this official." And I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. It was a great, great job. Uh, was it hard getting uh, getting the other folks on the city council on board, or, or how did that go? No, not at all. Uh, everybody, everybody was on board with it when it, uh, it came across on our on our one of our agendas as a topic to to speak about and we all unanimously agreed to uh, have a letter written and uh, sent 
sent back to uh, Congressman Alvernalty's office. So that that wasn't a problem at all there. Uh, you know, you you will have when you're in politics, like anything else in life, you you have people that don't necessarily agree with you, and so there will there were some that voiced that they did not think it was something that um, we should be involved in, but we disagree um, because it's something that definitely definitely involves our community because it, it involves every community across the country, as far as I'm concerned. So, Well, and I'm curious, Sean, uh, how they were expecting to enforce it. that. Are these the people who are going to come into civilians' houses and check where their guns are being stored? <laughs> or do they expect you as the sheriff to do that? You know, I don't think they gotten as far as uh, putting out how they would go through enforcing that. But, you know, um, I think the more and more of these, these laws they get out there, they make it more difficult. Uh, for the enforcement level, but they will find a way to to have it done. I mean, they'll they'll come up they come up with a bill. They'll come up with a way to try to enforce it. Well, John, awesome job. Really appreciate your leadership. Fantastic job. Uh, thank you so much for what you do as a law enforcement officer, and thank you so much for representing but, uh, gun owners in uh, did, Yukaipa. Did you get a response? Did yeah, yeah, he did. Well, from what from the negative re- feedback from them? Or no, 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 just the fact that from the congressman. From yes. the congressman, did you get a response oh, back? I'm sorry, yeah, he he did get the letter, and he is as well in in uh, opposition of that bill. So Fant- he's thankful to get the letter. Fantastic, John. Keep up the good work. God bless you and your fellow officers, and we'll definitely get you back on down the road. All right, folks. Up next, we have Sam the Gunman on Stump My Nephew and another mic drop by you know who. And you can't hear it if you don't listen, so stay with us right up to the end on AMFM. AMFM. Yeah, AMFM. We are. We're on. We are. We're all over. 96.1 The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to this McConaughey's Radio. FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. <laughs> I tell you, folks, you should be watching this on YouTube. That's the only thing I can say. Hey, folks, our show needs your help. We live in a state where your self-defense rights are just about gone. So let us be your voice to help defend and restore Second Amendment. Help spread the word about the fight. And there's two easy things you can do. Like and subscribe to the show on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Parlor and the podcast or whatever way you listen to the show and share the show with as many people as you can and thanks for tuning in remember together we will win and we do not want to turn around and say we lost i wish we would have worked harder amen to that absolutely hey stop my nephew sam the gunman sam are you there yeah how are you guys and you should be here we're having a blast hey man did you hear our interview with the pew pew jew uh, no, I didn't. Oh, we'll you, send it to it. you. Yeah, you'd have liked it. Hey, go to his website, pewpewjew.com. The pewpewjew.com. There are some T-shirts you got to get and wear to work. All right, uh, and I'll, I'll go ahead and listen to the recording once it's up. Excellent. Good push for the uh, website. I like it. All right, okay, this comes from uh, Vicente LaGuardia O'Neill in Poway. <laughs> Big he, fan. he writes, Big uh, fan. thank you, Vicente. Appreciate it. Uh, what was the first weapon that could reasonably be identified as a gun? What was the first weapon that could reasonably be identified as a gun? Vicente from Poway. Thanks for, thanks for writing in. Yeah. Um, now, the, uh, 
the history, the, the very early prehistory of firearms is a very murky topic. And um, <laughs> there isn't a lot of really good information out there because a lot of this stuff has just sort of been lost to time. But as far as I'm aware, um, the first gunpowder-based weapons at all were used by the ancient Chinese. They figured out various oh, ways to propel arrows using gunpowder, um, and uh, they invented various pyrotechnic devices using gunpowder. But firearms, as we would recognize them today, with a distinct metal barrel that you load with gunpowder and then put a, a projectile into and then set off, uh, those were developed in Europe in around, I want to say, the late 1300s, early 1400s. <laughs> Is he looking over your shoulder? You, you guys have no idea how much I want to stump this little knucklehead. Uh, and he it just... It's so, almost verbatim. It's almost verbatim. So this is exactly what the, the Chinese hand cannon that appeared in China in the 13th century, using gunpowder to project uh, to propel projectiles. These hand cannons required one person to hold and aim it, and another to light it. The cannon found its way to Europe in the 1300s, as you said. But the, the first true personal firearm uh, that we could recognize as a flintlock pistol was believed to be invented in France. Awesome job, you got it. Very. I bet very if you good. ask him who invented it, he'll probably tell you. No, that's been lost to time. But uh, what is known is Another that... Another murky subject. Surviving manufacturer, uh, ...the oldest surviving manufacturer of firearms um, with production records of Archibald... I know this one. ...contract going back I know to this one. That, you're not his nephew. Oh. What is it? Did you give it? Did you say it? Yes. Uh, going back to at least 1526. Is FN, right? Beretta. So we don't know that. Know. Just stumped his uncle. Hey, <laughs> hey roll, roll out the bonus. Uh, I thought it was FN. Sam, FN is actually Sam, relatively Sam, new. Um, it, it, it was formed as a sort of a conglomeration of um, existing job shops and uh, proofing houses, I believe, and, and various uh, small-time manufacturers in Belgium who all sort of got together to pool their resources. Yeah, so we know, we know. It's very old. The company in its current form is relatively new. All right, I got another question for you. We have Wait, a little. I want to say something. Oh, real I'm quick. sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, um, Sam, I want to say this, and I, it's a compliment. It's not. It's not at all a dig. Ugh. You are like the Rain Man of firearms. You like you impress me every single week. Seriously, and everybody listening should be so impressed with you. Like I, I'm amazed by how much knowledge you have. Gosh. Hey, I really appreciate that. I, I, I mean, I, I just want to provide entertainment for the, the people listening. And you truly enjoy what you do. I mean, I do. Yeah, that's true. You're not doing it just because you're on our our a number one show. You're doing it because this is what you do. He enjoys you're, stumping his uncle. Well, <laughs> he know he's. I think it's correct me if I'm wrong, Sam. But you really get into the history of the gun. Yeah, it's it's a topic I find interesting, yeah. and um, the, this this sort of thing does help out at work uh, because a lot of customers know that when when they come to the shop I work at, uh, they can get a lot of really good detailed in depth information, um, and they uh, they won't be talking to like if they go to a big box store they're talking to some guy they just scooped up off the street right. um, whose job is to sell lots of expensive items and not necessarily provide good information. How many of your customers come in and they say they want to stump you? <laughs> um, none so far. Okay, so far. good. All right, buddy. Good job, Sam. You're the best. 
Thanks very much for having me on, as always. All right. He, he's all polite on the air. And for the next, like, week, yeah. every day I'm going to get some kind of taunting, like, try again, you know, you in imagine, your face. Can you imagine that kid? <laughs> he's a good kid. I, I, I'm so proud of him. I'm so happy to be his uncle. He's a good He's a good guy. Except cause he's a kid. He's 21 years old. He's a man. All right. Everybody ready? This is uh, – now it's time for this week's mic drop. Mic drop. Next week, I'm going to have a part three for you on Mara Elliott. She's truly a wealth of material, but not knowledge. Anyway, she'll always be here for our to be our virtual punching bag, so let's let others have a turn. What do you say? This week in San Diego uh, – or this week is San Diego City Councilman Stephen Whitburn. He's new to the council, came from a background of doing a whole lot of nothing – that would lead someone to believe he should be managing the budget of one of the biggest cities in the biggest state of the best country in the world. Kind of puts things into perspective when you put it like that, doesn't it? Anyway, that's not what being in office is about anymore. It's not about potholes and garbage collection. It's not even about protecting and serving anymore. If anything, it's about anti-protecting and serving, but that's a whole other mic drop. We'll move on. Serving in office is about signaling to the world how virtuous you are, on issues that have nothing to do with your job of running a city. Stephen Whitburn is quickly becoming the king of exactly that. Every opportunity that comes up, every horrible crime that's committed, you can find Stephen Whitburn front and center advancing his political agenda. Actually, I take that back. If you were actually advancing a political agenda, that might actually be respectful. But that isn't what he's doing at all. He's just posting a meme or two with all the usual keywords like solidarity. Stephen took the opportunity last week after a psychopath with a gun decided to kill some people in downtown San Diego to tell us all that we need to, quote, get the guns off the street. Ah, thank you, Stephen. Such intelligent and well-thought-out public policy. You know what Stephen really means by that? Do you know what he really means when he says that? No? Well, he doesn't either. Because virtue signaling isn't truly about public policy. It's simply about playing the game right and keeping the keyboard warriors at bay. So, Stephen, what is the solution? How about we get these guns off the street and into the waistbands of law-abiding citizens so they can protect themselves? And let's get rid of gun-free zones so they can protect their life anywhere they go. But no, that isn't really what you want. You don't want to solve a problem. You want to be a part of the problem. And for that, I say resign. Go find a job where you can be productive and stop virtuing my safety out of existence. And that is this week's Mic drop. Mic drop. What do you think of that, Dave? I thought it was fantastic, as always. Well, thank you. And if you're listening on YouTube or on the podcast, do us a favor. Hit that like button and subscribe button and tell as many friends as you have. Through three, four, five, depending on how well you're doing. And, <laughs> so please, and please support our great, great sponsors. San Diego County Gun Owners. Join $10 a month. Come on, you can't even buy lunch for that. U.S. Law Shield, the Dillon Law Group. You got to have those two right there. If Without those, you can get in serious trouble. Seal One, PRMI Mortgage, Blackhound Optics, if you want to be able to see, and the National Concealed Carry Association. And I can't thank Joe Jermisi, Michael Schwartz, Sam the Gunman, Melissa Lee, and Digital Mastro, and Monique and Unique. <laughs> Here just today and today only. And go to gunownersradio.com for podcasts, latest information. You can ask us questions and stay on top of what's going on in the gun world. 
And no matter where you are in Southern California, whether you're in Orange County, San Diego County, San Bernardino County, or Riverside County, remember, the month of May, we're bringing back the in-person meetings. So Orange County gun owners, we're going to meet at J.T. Schmidt in Anaheim. Uh, In San Diego, there are three meetings. North Mm. is BB's, uh, Central is Gunfighter Tactical, and South is actually a very special meeting in Bonita at uh, Scott Vincent's house where he uh, he harvested a couple of deer, and he's going to serve some venison. By the way, I watched your on-air meeting last week. Yeah? Awesome. Oh, thank you. I saw you commented. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, we really liked the Zoom meetings, but- but for some like, people that can't make it, I hope you're going to do live we're, and Zoom. We're probably not going to. We're probably just going to go back to in person. Probably right. just going to go back to. In- I well, know it's a big debate now. Now I got to get up, take a shower. <laughs> well, I, here's the thing: uh, in our meetings, in our in person meetings, it was not unusual to have a combined 200 people. Well, that's what I'm saying because there's a lot of people. And when you say no, in person, San- 200. Oh, yeah. But when you say San Diego County, believe me, there are people all across the United States and actually around the world listening to this show. So if they want to be part of it, I think an option. Rich, take care of that problem, will you? <laughs> Rich is going to live stream the come on well, Zoom meeting. More importantly, everybody, come to the in person. Let's let's have okay. uh, the May in person meetings uh, uh, launch with it. A, a, a Only if you bang. feed us. So Riverside County gun owner San Bernardino, it's, just feed you. I, you get fed all the time. Okay, just pizza, <laughs> venison. It's all about. It's the only way I eat. I mean, I'm at like eight meetings a month. It's, <laughs> it's all I eat all month. Chick Fil A. I'm like a bear. I just eat all the, you know, wait for to hibernate. And then- you will hear dead silence from this point on. We are now going to have to hit the dusty trail. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.